Welcome to the Employment Law and HR Podcast with your host, Allison Colley. Hello and welcome to this episode 210 of the Employment Law and HR Podcast. I'm your host, Alison Colley. I'm an employment solicitor and HR specialist, and I run the firm Real Employment Law Advice, where together with my colleagues, we provide advice and assistance to both employers and employees on all aspects of employment law. I'm pleased to be joined in this episode by Ali Steele, who is director at White Oak Youth. White Oak Youth have been a member of our HR Harbour service for a number of years now. And what this means is we work with them closely to provide HR and employment law support on a regular basis. So they pay every month for support and there is no cap on the amount of help or advice that we can provide in any given month. It means that they have reassurance of knowing that we're able to provide advice and assistance when they need it and that they are compliant, but also that they are one of the best employers in their industry. In today's episode of the podcast, I'm talking to Ali about care leavers and those who are care experienced. It's a really important area, I believe, for employers to consider. And hopefully you'll find the content of this episode interesting and maybe look at making some changes within your organisation. So without further ado, I'm going to get into this week's featured content. Okay, so I, I'm joined today by Ali Steele from White Oak Youth Services. Hi, Ali. Thanks very much for joining me today. Hello, Ali. And I'm really pleased to have you on. White Oak, we've worked together for a couple of years now. You're one of our Harbour um, members, so we work with you on an ongoing basis, which has been fantastic. And it's been great to see how the organisation has developed. And so I'm really pleased that you could be on the podcast and talk to us about this very important subject. So do you want to tell us a bit about yourself, how you got involved and about what you do at White Oak? Yes, so um, I'm a director at White Oak Youth and to sort of summarise what White Oak Youth does is we are a residential supported accommodation on the Isle of Wight. We support young people from the ages of 16 to 25, so we've got all the interesting years. What doesn't happen between the ages of 16 and 25 isn't worth talking about. So, yeah, we, we provide supported accommodation. So typically people think of that as a children's home, but we, we cater to the, the older teenage years, essentially. Um, and we also offer outreach for, for um, care experienced people out in the community when they've sort of established their own independence. OK, so where do the young people come from then that come to you? So at present, all of our young people are island young people, and that's something we're quite passionate about. We think that island young people should remain on the island if that's what's best for them and that's what they want. So, yeah, they they might have come to us for a whole variety of reasons. And some of them might have come from foster care. Some of them might have come from children's homes. Some of them might have come from kinship care. There's loads of different routes to end up with us on the island. Yeah. And so what we're we're really talking about today is the impact and, and dealing with those people who are care experienced, I suppose we'd call it, when it comes to employing them. And of course, there might be 16 to 18 year olds who are looking for work, but particularly those 18 to 25 year olds, isn't it, that are um, leaving the care system, if you like, and, and then looking to go out on their own and potentially look for employment. 
I was just thinking, why is it important to talk about this? And I just had a quick look at the statistics from the government website for looked after children for 2022. And there were 82,170 children who were being looked after in 2022. Obviously, that's at that time. Um, and there are obviously a number of children who are formally looked after and, and adults who are formally looked after. And interestingly, of those figures, only 2,950 children were adopted last year. So a large number of children are in care and remain in care throughout their life until they get to, I assume, 16. And then that's when they go on to a service like yours or potentially are sort of left to their own devices. Yeah, it very much depends on their needs. But yeah, there is there is something that the care community um, refer to called the care cliff. It's quite sad. It's quite a sad reality for a lot of care experienced people. At the age of 18, when most young people are relying on the bank of mum and dad, they're staying with mum and dad, potentially in a family home or, you know, within their sort of immediate family, a lot of young people are expected to live independently and and that comes with a lot of strains so i think i think it's very important to identify their unique needs and and how their care experience has affected that i think it's quite important to say i'm not care experienced myself i'm speaking from a position of having witnessed sort of the stigma and and the direct discrimination that they experience i'm a big ally and um, but i'm not care experienced but i think it's fair to say that a lot of care experienced people would say that their care experience stays with them for life so I obviously work with the, with the age group 16 to 25, but I'm very confident in saying that people's care experience stays with them for life and it impacts them later in life. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's where it's important for employers and HR to recognise that. And whilst there is no separate right or protection in discrimination, obviously there are it's important from a moral perspective and also looking at your workforce and being the best employer to identify where people might need additional support and certainly if you're there's a whole group of young people who are coming through coming out of the care system who may be looking for work and while it's important to consider their individual specific needs as well and many of which will you know cover everybody you know lots of these things don't aren't just unique to those who are care experienced but it's about I think identifying that that is a particular issue I suppose and that there are unique challenges that come with that. No definitely and and I think our young people really get cross with us when we use statistics they argue they're not statistics and they're not they're they're all super unique but if you look at the statistics around employment for care experienced people Recent studies in 2022, 41% of care experienced people aged 19 to 21 were not in education, employment or training. And sort of the social care sector uses this horrible term called NEAT, that's acronym for not in employment, education or training. And that's compared to 12% of their non-care experienced peers. So, so there is a staggering difference in the data for care experienced people and non-care experienced people. The gap does close. So by the age of 30, 66% of care experienced people are employed. By comparison, 82% of their non-care experienced peers are employed. So there is still a gap later on in life. It does close, but there is still, you know, a 16% difference in employment rates, you know, given the um, employment crisis that the UK faces. I think it's, it's an untapped resource. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I was going to say, aside from obviously the moral and the, the, the purpose of it, you know, as an employer, from a business perspective, you've got all of these potential great people who, you know, if you look after them in the right way, could become very loyal and committed workers for you for, for a long time. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I think there's 101 reasons why you should hire a, a care experience person. I will, I could bang that drum all day. <laughs> so then let's go through then some of the kind of practical things that employers can think about. I mean, first off, obviously, you know, you said that there is a stigma attached to being a care lever and that some people may not want to disclose that, especially if they just started employment. They may not want to talk about that. So I'm assuming, therefore, that employers can raise awareness by flagging the fact that they are aware. I don't know. How, how would you recommend that employers start if they've got somebody who potentially comes to work for them and doesn't want to disclose that they're a care leaver, how could you encourage them to do that, I suppose? Yeah, it's really interesting, actually, watching our young people and just generally society, the the number of people that you don't realise are care experienced. There's a lot of public figures, really well-known public figures in all sectors that are care experienced. And we've actually made a point of having sort of a monthly inspirational care lever to sort of highlight to our young people. Look at this amazing, accomplished human that has care experience. You can do anything you want. So, yeah, from an employer's perspective, what you what you can do to sort of identify care experienced people, it's, it's quite a tricky thing. Like I say, there is stigma attached. We did some work with you guys last year to sign up to the Care Lever Covenant. So that's something I would highlight if this is something you're particularly passionate about. Um, so we signed up last year and then we did some work to make sure that all of our policies and our recruitment process really aligned with those values. So really simple things like on our recruitment application, it has a section stating that we're committed to being a um, care experienced supportive employer um, and it also provides a definition of what makes someone a care leaver because there's actually quite a lot of people that don't realize that they actually fall in that category because the definition is quite broad there's lots of different definitions so we sort of highlighted what we defined as a care leaver and there's just a little simple tick box so you know they don't have to give any any specific information they just tick to say that they're care experienced and, and that allows us to get support in place from the moment they tick that box. So mentorship something that's quite important to us. So if someone was to identify themselves as care experienced, and they have, we would put a, a mentor in place and, and we'd really think about how we can best support that person. Obviously, we're in a slight niche where we are hiring potentially care experienced people to work with care experienced people. So that's quite a not a challenge, challenge is the wrong word, but that's quite a unique circumstance. And I, I don't like using this word, it's a bit um, ubiquitous, but it could be quite triggering for for care experienced people to watch other younger care experienced people go through anything similar to what they experience. So we have to be very mindful of that. But yeah, a lot, a lot of the work that organisations are generally doing around tolerance is really important. But I would say the unique need of care experience people would be for the organisation to become a little bit more care aware. So seasonal sensitivities could be quite a big one. So for us as an organisation, obviously, we're supporting care leavers in, in a home. 
Christmas. Christmas is massive. Obviously, there's loads of other holidays, but Christmas is the time of year that everyone in the UK expects people to go and spend it with their families. We have a lot of discussions about how we're going to manage Christmas, especially with new members of staff. And we're very sensitive about how we approach that and how we talk to the young people about spending time with families. And I think that's a good sensitivity to take on board anyway you know you might be estranged from family not necessarily a care leaver so you know that sensitivity is never never going to go to waste I think it's a useful sensitivity anyway so yeah, yeah that's one so yeah just sort of brushing up on your care awareness and the language that you choose to use as well as you know the care leaver covenant I, I think that's that's a brilliant cause yeah, I think all of those points are really good. But in particular, the other thing I would flag is birthdays. That always seems to be quite a trigger as well, doesn't it? So yeah. understanding that people may have different feelings about their birthday and that that, mm-hmm. that brings. But yes, absolutely. I, I completely agree. And I think it's fantastic about, you know, having a box or at least highlighting on your forms that you are sympathetic or take steps or aware. And the Care Leaver Covenant is not something I'd heard of until you guys had mentioned it. So again, I, I think if you if you flag up that you are care aware, if you like, and of these things, then that might encourage people to make disclosures or to come forward or at least reassure them if they don't want to tell you their experiences. So I think those are all great things. And absolutely, the, the work that you can do around the sensitivities, particularly around Christmas, will go across all employees, not just those course, who, yeah, definitely. you know, so all of this stuff is you're not just doing it for the one or two people who you might employ who are care experienced, but you're doing it f- for the benefit of all of your workforce as well, aren't you? Definitely. It's, it's always useful to to think about to think about seasonal sensitivities, definitely. And, and like you say, birthdays is a big one. And also maybe the anniversary of entering care. Um, that can sometimes be quite a traumatic event. So, yeah, yeah, you're right. Date sensitivity is a big one as well. And then thinking about some of the unique experiences of care leavers, Are there any particular things that you have noticed in your experience that employers should be aware of or can put in place particularly for care leavers? Yeah, so I think I think some of the there's a there's a lot of challenges for um, for young people. Like I like I mentioned, you know, they're in they're not necessarily I'm making sweeping generalisations here. They're not necessarily in the family home. They haven't got the financial backing of the family or or the extended family potentially so things like apprenticeships that are typically lower paid they sound fantastic you get skilled up and you potentially get a job at the end of it that's sometimes a non-option for a care experienced person who's potentially fending for themselves paying rent bills council tax um, independently that sometimes as much as they might want to go down that career path that might that just might not be a possibility for them so yeah it's, it's sort of awareness around that it's also sort of housing like I like I said at 18 generally there's that expectation that they will live independently somewhat and again sweeping generalization there are some support mechanisms in place but their experience of their late teens to early 20s from a housing perspective is vastly different to that of their peers. So, yeah, it's, it's just sort of being aware of that, the disrupt, disruptions that they've had and being, and being conscious of that, that expectation of them. They haven't got that support network. Again, sweeping generalisation. <laughs> yeah, of course. 
I think the the other thing I would add there in my experience, again, you know, is just from experience is that those people who are care experienced find it much harder to develop relationships and to trust people. And again, I've seen somebody who particularly goes from one job to another to another and just seemingly falls out with people. But actually, it's not. It's just that inability, that lack of trust, because they've not had that stability of relationships throughout their life. And I suppose it's recognising that there are those sorts of things that their development and their experience in life will mean that they present very differently, potentially at work than than others. I think contributing and being valued is essential to confidence and overcoming the care experience stigma and I think employers have got a big part to play in that I think if you look throughout their their care experience they have experienced so many disruption to location community relationships potentially there's island young people sat in Scotland right now there's placements all over the UK and they don't necessarily get a whole lot of say in in where they end up I think you can't understate the value of connections you know how many people in their early career got a friend got a job for a friend of a friend we all got those summer jobs for a friend of a friend and if you've spent your your youth all over the UK for various reasons due to no fault of your own you haven't had the time to establish those connections or those support mechanisms in your community you know you haven't got the same family doctor that you go to and you chat through with things and that you trust, you haven't got that. So, yeah, it's really important for them to establish those connections. And sometimes the system just means that they don't, sadly. So I guess having a mentor or a buddy system is one way around that so they can develop, you know, have that one to one connection. And I would suggest not necessarily the same person who supervises their work, you know, Mm -hmm. so they could have a supervisor who they go to with for work related things, but also, you know, a mentor or buddy who they go to just for, uh, you know, talking and other other things. Definitely. I think I think that's really important. And and I think the culture of your organisation is very important. Are you open, welcoming? friendly organization or is there a little bit of a frosty clicky kind of culture tolerance is is huge and I think again the importance of that cannot be understated I think making someone feel welcome and that they can be them their authentic self is really important and again I don't think this necessarily just applies to care experienced people it applies to young people too but I've been talking to a lot of employers lately and saying you know I'm really trying to get away from this whole snowflake generation type of attitude and saying to people look their experience is very different to yours where they grew up and the life that they had when they grew up is very different and you might be having young people whether they're care experienced or not coming to you who haven't been taught the basics of common sense and the basics of things and we kind of have this attitude of assumption well you should know how to do it but I'm kind of saying to employers this is maybe the first job they have is your responsibility as much as anyone else is, to teach them, to nurture them, and not just to write them off and say, well, they don't want to do it. Well, they might not have never, ever been shown how to do it. So I guess that taking that time with, you know, any young person, as particularly for care experience, who might not have had any of those foundations, you know, taught to them, is really important. I, I'm, I'm actually so glad you brought that up, because I think a lot of care experienced young people buck that trend. I think sadly due to adultification at a very young age care experienced young people have a lot of resilience 
and a lot of natural problem solving and creative thinking skills. I think they're fantastic at reading rooms. Their interpersonal skills are off the scale. We actually get them involved in our recruitment process. Mm -hmm. So they interview new candidates and they ask them wild questions. It's rather hilarious, maybe for me, maybe not for the candidate. (laughs) They ask them they ask them questions but they can assess them and make a measure of a person very quickly so yeah I would say that interpersonal skills are fantastic I'd also say they're very kind and that's so important I think kindness makes the world go round and I think it's very important to culture and they're also hilarious they're really witty I laugh a lot they're absolutely hilarious I genuinely I think care experienced people buck this perception of young people because they've had to they've had to develop these survival skills sadly but maybe if they can harness them actually there's a small silver lining there that they have something unique to offer the employment market yeah Yeah. they're tough cookies they're tough cookies I think that's really, again, really important to highlight, isn't it? That there are strengths that they have that other young people may not. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, you can utilise those skills and that experience within your business as if you can make those sort of other kind of adjustments, if you like, and, and considerations for young people. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think they're a great hire, always hire to experience. <laughs> And so we talked earlier about the Care Leave a Covenant, and I'll put a link to the website on um, oh, brilliant. on the notes. And so, how hard was it for you to sign up for? That? What did you have to do to sign up to to that? It wasn't particularly difficult, I would say, because it very much aligns with our organisational values, and we were all about care experienced people. We probably took it quite seriously. So we wanted that to flow through the entire recruitment process, appraisal process, supervision process. So we did quite a bit of work that wasn't necessarily part of the application. The application process is quite simple. You put a proposal forward, then it either gets accepted or you get some adjustments that you need to make. But it's not just for employment. It can be for voluntary positions, work experience, apprenticeships. It can even be for offering discounted services or free services or products. So, yeah, it's just sort of a bit of a a statement that we see you and we recognise your unique challenges and we want to do what we can to help you. So, yeah, it's fairly simple, I would say. And, and And I think it's a good statement to make. And to what degree, then, do you get involved in helping your young people into work? We go a bit mad. I generally feel that there's a real lack of ambition and there's really low expectations. You know, some of the statistics I just mentioned, that's why I'm a bit reluctant to bring the statistics into it. And I I mean, from a community perspective, from a society perspective, and even sometimes from the social care sector, I think people are not ambitious enough for care experience young people. So we try really hard to push against that so you know yesterday we had the Royal Navy out um, I'm ex-Royal Navy so we had them out to do some STEM activities and leadership and communication tasks and we and we did that all out on the lawn they had a great time we did a lot of laughing a couple of months ago we had the fire service out we've been knocking down the door of the RSPCA because we've got animal lovers they all love animals We've had our nails done as part of nail diplomas. There's not really anything that we won't get involved in. Um, But, yeah, it's getting creative and, you know, it's sort of challenging their internal self-image that actually we believe you can do this. You can do hard things and there's nothing out of your reach. 
So we want to demonstrate to them our belief in them to hopefully maybe change their belief in themselves, because I think society as a whole does not have enough ambition for these young people. I'm quite passionate about it. Yeah, we can tell. So um, if there's somebody listening, so an employer or someone in HR who thinks, oh, I'd really like to get involved or I've got an opportunity or I can do some mentoring or come, how can they get in touch with you, Ali? So you can get in touch with us via our website, which is www.white, spelt as in Isle of Wight, W-I-G-H-T, oak as in the tree, O-A-K, youth as in young people, Y-O-U-T-H dot com. So you can get in touch with us via that website or on our social media. That That's also cool. I'll put all the links in the in the notes so um if anybody's interested they can get in touch directly. Yeah. And so you so obviously you'd welcome employers getting in touch and saying, look, we've got some opportunities or we'd like to learn more about what you're doing, all of those. Hundred percent, yeah. It hundred percent. If there's any especially on obviously on the island, if there's any employers on the island that would like to work with um young people, we would love to establish some opportunities. That would be amazing. To be fair, we talk about HR looking at this. It's there's a massive proposal going around. It's quite it's quite um quite a big news piece in the sort of social care sector about making care experience a protective characteristic. Um you can sign a petition to try and sort of level the playing field for care experienced people. So there's a there's a lot of local authorities that have taken about taken this on um independently. But yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of momentum building behind this. So yeah, at some stage it might be enshrined in law. Um, now it's sort of something you can do if you feel passionate about it. Like you said, it just goes back to the kindness piece, doesn't it? Actually, it you does. know, you're just being a good person, a good human being. And, yeah. you know, as an employer or if you work in HR, you want the best out of people and you get the best out do. of people by utilising their skills and experience, by making adjustments regardless. So I do yeah. think it's important to have things set out in law, but often change comes from of the people, it does. doesn't it? You know, you need people to embrace it because even though there are other protected characteristics enshrined by law and protected there are still employers who behave terribly to their staff um yeah, so you know it's um and and it's those employers who embrace these sorts of things who will be successful because they'll have a good workforce and and i'm i'm pretty sure that if you take on a care experienced person you nurture them and do all the things we've talked about you'll have an employee for life you know you'll be able to really get the best out of them yeah, and perhaps, perhaps that relationship might be, you know, that one positive relationship for them. That's a turning moment in their life. It might be a tipping point for them. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think you might get a very loyal employee indeed. Yeah, definitely. So that's really, I really helpful, Ali. I think we've got some great points there that people can apply. So what we're saying is create awareness, make sure that people know that you, this is important to you. You know, look at signing up to the Care Leaver Covenant or at least embedding some of those things in your HR processes, recognising that there are particular differences or particular changes or adjustments that might be needed and really sort of promoting this within your workforce, which will have benefits for everyone, won't it? It will, definitely. I think tolerance and kindness goes a long way for all employees. And is there anything else that you want to add we haven't covered? Any final words of wisdom or anything you want to share? No, I think, as I said, I bang the drum of hiring care experienced people all day. I think they've got a lot lot to offer. And I think the more people sign up and become aware, the better. That's great. Thank you so much. And um, I'll put all the details of how you can contact Ali or learn more about her organisation in the show notes. 
Well, I'm sure you'll agree that was a fantastic episode. Ali is clearly very passionate about what she does and advocating for those who are care experienced and helping those young people that she works with. If you'd like any more information, then you can find all the details in the show notes or if you want to get in touch with Ali directly. If you'd like more information about the services that we provide and the ways in which we can help you from a HR and employment perspective, then please don't hesitate to get in touch. You can email me. It's alison at realemploymentoradvice.co.uk or you can phone our head office and speak to Kathy, who will be happy to arrange a callback for you or a meeting or an appointment. The number is 01983 897 Thank you so much for listening and I hope that you have a fantastic two weeks ahead and I look forward to bringing you the podcast in two weeks time. Thanks again for listening. Just want to finalise by saying I wouldn't be a lawyer unless I had a legal disclaimer. So I must just say to you that the information in this podcast is for information only. It's general review and a general update. It's always necessary to get specific legal advice about your circumstances. So please don't rely on anything that you've heard in this podcast. But please do feel free to contact me if you'd like further information or specific advice.